boys and girls, welcome to Popper's Cage, episode 23. My name is Jason Moore, also known as Dime Collector, and I've got a Popper's Cage veteran here on the show. He's been in and out of the cage. It's like a second home for this guy. You know him previously from Pure MTGO and now is working for MTGOacademy.com. We've got Justin. Say hello. Yeah, how's it going, man? I, uh, I think I'm going to just crash on the couch here for a while. So Yeah, you know, we have some room because we originally intended to have another co-host or guest for this episode, and that kind of fell through due to scheduling. So you've got plenty of room for sure, and I hope you don't mind. Uh, it's going to be just you and I tackling today's topic. Oh, that's all right. You know what the problem is? You keep leaving out the juice and cookies, and that keeps people coming back. Yeah, I know how to bring them in. So <laughs> Yes, indeed. All right, so let's go ahead and get things rolling. We have a very interesting episode, at least I hope, for you listeners today. This is going to cover what I like to call the golden age of popper content. And Justin and I are both contributors to the realm of popper content, and we have been doing this for quite some time. So we wanted to shed a little more light, not only on our own content, the things that we produce and the things we work on, but also wanted to highlight some other people who are really contributing in a positive way to the popper community. So let's go ahead and get started with our main topic here. And let's just break down the title of today's episode, The Golden Age of Popper Content. What does that really mean? At least from my perspective and my opinion, I have to say that right now, this point in time in the popper format, I feel like the content that is being produced is at an all-time high, both in terms of quality and quantity. I think we're getting uh, – the format already is extremely popular, and I think that has naturally brought about people who are wanting to write about the format, wanting to test the format, and share uh, all their findings, share their passion, and their – I guess their fandom of this con- uh, this format here. At least in my opinion, I think there's never been a better time to – be able to have access to popper content in the form of articles, videos, streams, podcasts, and more, at least from my perspective. How do you feel about that, Justin? You've been working on popper for quite some time, and uh, do you think that the state of popper content is in a good place right now? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, definitely hard to argue with you on that point. I mean, like you said, there's so much that's been out there now. When I started writing popper way back when, it was just basically you had one or two people in pdc.com, pdcmagic.com. That was kind of the only place that you could go for it. And it's actually become, you know, such a popular format and maybe not as much as, you know, standard or some of the ones that can actually go into paper a little easier, but it's definitely getting to a point where it's, you know, high in popularity. And with that, you're getting a lot of people who are willing to contribute to the, you know, all the different videos. And like you said, the content, and it's really putting it at a great spot. Yeah. And you have a really great perspective since, you do remember some of those earlier days. For me, there were already some established websites that were producing popper content, namely Pure MTGO, which we'll talk about a little more. Uh, before we really get into the nuts and bolts of popper content right now, it has been quite a, a while since you've been on the show. You did show up last time, uh, not last time, but actually on uh, episode 20 when we were talking about the bannings, and that was a couple months ago. 
since then, you've come out with some pretty interesting articles, namely one that focused on mystical teachings and various builds of blue-black in Popper, and most recently, a mono-black control deck. And I just wanted to tell you that I've actually been piloting your teachings control list, and I have to say, I really like the deck. It's been a lot of fun to play. And I'll have uh, an article on MTGO Academy that kind of highlights that and talks about it a little more. Did you want to add anything else about what you've been up to or maybe talk about some of the content you've released since you were last year? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I wish I could take full credit for that list. It's not, you know, entirely mine. It's, you know, a bit of my uh, take on it. But, you know, I'm definitely in a mindset right now that we're seeing a lot of stuff going down with aggro. Uh, obviously, Fissure's kind of stepped up a bit. So what I've been trying to produce has definitely been showing some control options. Uh, the most recent thing I had come out, I talked about mono black control. And I think there's a lot of possibility right now for control decks to really start taking over. So, you know, I'm glad you're on and I hope more people are taking the opportunity. You know, if you just go out and try it, I actually did see a uh, five-color teachings deck show up again. Um, it didn't, you know, obviously win, but, you know, it's not the point. It's still someone was trying it, and I think it's great. You know, that's the way for us to get around these kind of things is people just trying something different. Yeah, and I really like that uh, you're trying to push control as well because the whole reason I started playing this teachings deck is I, I caught a bit of a bug. I got an urge to want to play control a little bit more. So let's go ahead and move right into the nitty-gritty of today's episode. This is, of course, the golden age of popper content that we're talking about. And so we're going to break down the various forms of popper content that exists on the internet right now and talk a little bit about where you can find contributors and what they actually are bringing to the table here. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to start with the written article format. I guess we'll talk a little bit about all the people that are, are specializing in putting out articles, but with a heavy emphasis on the written portion of things. And I think when we talk about popper content, the first person that for me comes to mind, and this is the first person I was exposed to when I got into popper, is Alex Ullman. And this is a guy who currently writes for StarCityGames.com. So he's on one of the highest profile magic websites producing popper content. Uh, he hasn't always written for them. Before he was hired by Star City Games, he actually wrote for PureMTGO.com. And he's been on the show before been on the History of Popper episode, so he has a very deep understanding of the format and a strong passion for Popper and putting out content. Now, he's seen this format evolve over time, so whenever there is a new trend that enters the format or a shift in the metagame, he has that added benefit of having that experience and that, that knowledge that really helps inform some of his commentary on what's going on currently in Popper. Some of the things he specializes in his articles is brewing new decks. He also does deck analysis. So some of his articles will be entirely devoted to analyzing a top contender in the popper format. He also does set reviews, which is pretty common across the board whenever there's a new set. It tends to deserve you know, at least a few articles dedicated to the cards that are coming out. And one characteristic about his writing is that he does provide written only content. He doesn't really uh, produce videos. Now, I just want to add one last thing about his content. He does have a number of very beneficial introductory popper articles. When he first got started writing for Star City Games, 
he not only broke down the pillars of the format, but he also wrote an article for each color in Magic, each of the five colors and what their role in Popper is. So I think those are all very, very beneficial for people entering the format or even if you just want to brush up on your general knowledge. He has a lot of good resources. So what we're going to do for this episode is we're going to include a link to one of his premier articles in the show notes for you to check out. Obviously, you and I are both familiar with Alex, and we interact with him on Twitter. We read his content. Uh, Why don't you tell me just some of your basic thoughts on on what he brings to the table as far as popper content? Well, you're talking about uh, how he was, you know, one of the first people that you had seen and gotten into popper. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly where you started, but I know back when I started as well, he was one of the first people. And I was talking about how... You know, that time where there was very few people writing, he was one, if not the only person writing about Popper. And so, you know, he's definitely been around for a while and you got to have a lot of respect for someone who's been with a format that long. He's stuck with it. He has, like you said, produced some of the best kind of epic pieces, I want to say, some of the ones that really stand the test of time. And I think it says something really incredible about the format and how far it's come. The fact, like you said, he's now writing at Star City Games. And that's one of the sites, if you say Star City Games, everyone playing Magic is familiar with that. And that is such a big thing because of all the tournaments they run and all of their content. And for them to be going to the point where they said, okay, Popper is now so important to us that we're going to give it its own series here. I think that says a lot about how far Popper has come. Um, I mean, Alex has been you know, great for giving you a lot of stuff. He comes up with some really interesting ideas. I've had to play against, unfortunately, some of his more creative ideas. Um, and they, you know, they're really great and they don't necessarily win 99 to 100% of the time. But, you know, he's got some really great intuitive ideas about how to attack certain aspects of certain decks. And when you're talking about, you know, there are a lot of people who go through when every set is released and say, okay, here's my thoughts on it. And I have to admit for me personally, uh, the ones that I really stick to the most and, you know, agree with the most, I guess, would be Alex's. And I think uh, one thing we should point out about all of these contributors is that everyone has something somewhat unique to bring to the table. I think all of us have a little bit of a niche that we're filling in the in the realm of popper content. And I definitely agree with you that he's got that that sort of wise man uh, yeah. that he's filling because he has been around pretty much forever. Yeah, so, that kind of Yoda thing going on, you know? Hey, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think that is a pretty good summary of Alex's content. And he puts out articles, I believe, once a month on Star City Games. So he's very easy to find. You can also find him on Twitter. He's at Nerd to the Core, and I will also include that in the show notes for you guys if you want to get in touch with him. All right, so we're going to move on to our next Popper contributor. And this might be a little awkward to talk about because it's actually me. So, yeah, I'm going to be the the next one that we bring up here. In terms of my written content, I write for mtgoacademy.com, and my 20th article will have just come out by the time this is released. So I've been here for for a while now, and my content has kind of varied on MTGO Academy. I've kind of bounced around between purely written, purely video, um, you know, mixing the two. And recently, a little more recently, I guess we could say, I started writing for blackborder.com as well. And so I think what I perhaps bring to the table, well, it's hard to speak for myself, I guess, but I do like to do some of the standard things such as brewing decks 
analyzing pre-existing decks, set reviews, which once again is very integral to Popper in general. And I also like to branch off and talk about strategic concepts. What I'm trying to do with a lot of my Popper content is rather than giving people fish, uh, so to speak, I like to try and teach them how to fish. So I'm trying to impart some of my uh, my limited amount of knowledge through my gameplay, through what I write, and through how I pr- approach the format to really help people elevate their play to the next level. As I mentioned, I do do a bit of written as well as video content, and I'm just always interested in trying to elevate the quality of my writing and of what I put out there. And I think that's something that we're going to talk a little bit about towards the end of this episode. Uh, yeah, I really don't know what else to talk about in terms of myself. You know what, man? It is time to put the modesty away and let the pride shine through. Uh-oh. I guess I could take a shot at that. I- I'm definitely very proud of what I've done so far. I tried to stay stay busy here and try and, and put out a lot of content. I do think that I, I am one of the the contributors who is the most active currently and I'm trying to stay oh, at the a forefront doubt. of that, uh, definitely trying to stay at the forefront of that. And I do have some pieces that I'm pretty proud of, so I'll at least post one of my articles in the show notes for you guys to check out. I'd highly recommend uh, checking out some of my content all across the board. You can pretty much start wherever you like, and uh, there should be links dangling around for you to, to get to any which way you want in terms of finding the stuff that I have out there. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of at a loss for, for talking about my own content. Did you want to? Sorry, man. You know what? I think you have to also address the fact you, you said you put out a lot of articles and that's true, but you got, you know, quality as well as quantity. And that's something that you got to be able to respect. Um, I got to say that, you know, I was excited when I first came to MTGO Academy, like, you know, going through and seeing your work and whatnot, because our styles aren't really totally contrasting, but you do a lot of stuff in a, a much different way than I do. And I think that's awesome for people to be able to get all of these different sides of things. Um, you know, like you said, you know, you've got more live play videos you've done, you know, just written, just video. And I think it, it's really great that you've got, you know, totally different perspective on things than the way I do. And I think that's great for people. Well, thanks. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I, I agree with you there. I, I actually really feel like the uh, I guess the one two punch combination of you and I on MTGO Academy is one of the best things going on in terms of popper content right now. So MTGO Academy is definitely the the website of choice, in my opinion, if you're interested in finding out more about the popper format and, of course, all the other formats that are covered. They pretty much cover uh, all the big ones, uh, to be sure. I think we should definitely move on to the other half of this one-two punch combination, which is, of course, Justin, who is <laughs> today's guest. Oh, what a uh, shocker. So you actually began on pure MTGO, which I'll definitely be interested in hearing you talk a little bit more about, but you're currently writing for MTGO Academy and producing video content. So you're, you're also one of these guys that, that does a little bit of both. And I think what sets you apart from pretty much everyone else uh, in the game right now is the fact that your articles have such a comprehensive and, uh, I guess we should say, information-dense quality to them. So you're really grinding uh, with these articles. You put so much work and so much effort into them, and you have 
a high volume of relevant information in a number of different ways. And I think one of the things that another reason that you stand out is because you provide a lot of statistical information in addition to um, everything else that you do. So you you specialize uh, again. <laughs> this will be sort of a, a commonality in, in brewing decks, analyzing pre-existing ones, and you also analyze the format as a whole. You look at the changes in the metagame. You're looking at what decks are performing better over the course of you know a couple weeks, and which ones are declining. And then you really kind of break that down, and you find out why that's happening. And you'll also go uh, and even further and spotlight. A certain deck and talk about its components and how it works. And on top of that, again, you'll, you'll tend to do some video content where you, you test out a deck, you do a deck tech video. You're, you're providing multiple weeks worth of information into a single bullet and just firing it right at people. So yeah. I, I think I, I've actually mentioned that before and I always refer to it as a, a week in time. But, you know, even though I'm referring to it as a week, it's actually been, you know, two weeks worth of uh, content basically in each article. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you. Why don't you, if you don't mind, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about how you started with Pure MTGO? And for people that aren't familiar with that site, maybe you could talk a little bit about, I guess, the the type of content actually appears on the site. And then you can do a self-assessment of of what you're bringing to the popper community here. All right. I will do my best then. Um, so when I started at Pure, and I think I've talked about it on this show before, um, but for those of you who are not familiar, what ended up happening is I actually was in a, a state where I was, you know, spending all the money on the cards and I was loving legacy and all those big money vintage formats and gotten to a point where real life caught up and I needed to just dump the cards and spend a little less money if I still wanted to play. And at that time, before I got to that point where I ju- uh, jumped into Popper. I was starting to feel like, oh, you know, I look at these people and all they want to do is play with commons. No one wants to spend money. And I kind of looked down on the format. And I'll be honest, I will own up to that. Uh, but then, you know, when this happened and I had to jump into the format and I actually got to play it and got to know it. And I was like, wow, this is pretty great. You still have this great power level and you're only running with commons. And that's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, it kind of was just happenstance that I started getting into Popper. And what I was basically doing when I started out on Pure is that I was going around and looking at stuff like pdcmagic.com and I was trying to, to gather all this information and, and throw it out to there to people who were like me and were maybe not familiar with the format uh, and really give them an idea like, hey, look, this is how it is. This is actually something that you want to check out. And, you know, from there, obviously, I had my issues and had to move. Um, but Pure's still a really great site. You know, I had nothing against it. There was no hard feelings or anything like that. Um, back in the day, like we talked about, Alex Ullman was writing there, and he was kind of the go-to person for Popper. And outside of Popper, they do a lot of stuff. They also cover a lot of great information on other formats. Um, and most importantly, what I like is because it's really kind of driven by people with a great passion for the game, and those are the people who write. Um, you get a lot of great information there on kind of the, the fringe formats, I guess I will call them. Um, as far as what I'm still doing now, it really is, I guess, kind of a mix. Um, and I, you talk about the, uh, length of some of my content and that will be to a fault at some points, I will openly admit. And I've had some, you know, good feedback from other people who said, you know, this is great, but there's a lot here and I can be a wordy person. I, I will be the first to own up to it. I like to occasionally just, you know, spread it out and go into uh, casual as well. You know, competitive is great. 
and every week I will have the competitive corner section of my article. Um, but I like to go to casual as well and just kind of explore a lot of popper. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in the competitive scene right now, but it can get just a little bit too much for some people like myself. I like to, to lay back and relax and, you know, not have to really stress over things. And, you know, some people, I know I'm one of them, can really go on tilt when it comes to competitive games. So I like to venture down that. Uh, I really am, you know, I like to call it graph porn. I get really into the awesomeness of seeing statistics and numbers and stuff like that. So I like to show it to other people because I know there are people out there who, and I, I take no offense to this, I know people have said that they only come to my article for that section. They don't really care about my strategies. They don't really care about, um, you know, may not think I'm the greatest player, and that's okay. Everyone's allowed their opinion. Um, I don't think I'm the greatest player. Uh, but they like to come to these articles for this section and see all this uh, great competitive um, information. As far as the written content, what you see from me, you know, is, like I said, casual and competitive. Um, the videos, I take a different approach to 90% of the people out there. In my videos, I like to show replays of games because, like you know, I said, I get a little wordy at times, and you'll have to forgive me for that. But what I like to do is go in depth. I like to explain my decisions and my thought process and sometimes that could clock you out if you're doing it in live time. Um, so I I don't know. I think that uh, about sums things up. And we're going to go ahead and segue this into another writer who I'm going to presume, and I don't mean to presume, but I'm going to presume that he's actually been inspired by you a little bit. And this is a guy named David Snyder. And he is a writer from the website 60cards.com. This is uh, maybe a lesser-known website. I believe it was started by Smitty, who was originally a podcast host of the show The A-Team. And David Snyder is, I believe, their premier popper writer. Essentially, what he's doing is a sort of smaller-scale version of what you are doing in the sense that he does – have a, a collaborator that he works with who does provide, I believe it's a one-week analysis of popper results in terms of the daily events. And he looks at percentages of what's performing, but he does it in a very, um, I guess, brief manner. His articles are notably short. They're actually probably shorter than anyone else's from what I can tell, but he does put them out every week. Now, one thing to note about David Snyder is that his content is only written. So if you're not looking to watch a video or you don't really have time for that and you just want to get a quick snippet of something, his articles usually will do the trick for you. And you can find him at 60cards.com. We'll post a link to one of his articles so you can check that out. Now, this essentially wraps up the primary writers. I do want to note that there is a newer website that has shown up, and it has a number of new writers on the scene, particularly for Popper. And this website, I believe, is mtgostrat.com. It's partially run and operated by a guy named Dan Horning, who's from Sweden. He's pretty active on Twitter and also very active on YouTube, providing a lot of popper content there. And so this new site, MTGO Strat, features a, a former guest on this show, Maddie from episode 17, who also occasionally shows up on Popper to the People. He's taking a stab at the writing game, as well as a couple other people. So they have uh, some new content coming out. 
Nothing in particular we're going to be showcasing today because they are so new to the game. We can't really talk about you know what their typical characteristics are like because they've just gotten started. So, Justin, did you have anything you wanted to mention about the previous writers here or any other written contributors to the popper format? Well, I will uh, I will say that you talked about 60 Card being a, a lesser-known site, and that was one I was not familiar with until you had actually introduced it to me. Um, and I think it's great, you know, David Snyder's doing kind of a similar thing. Um, I definitely the way to do it is I, I need to get me a secretary or something to, to put up the time for the numbers and save me a bunch of time. He's got the uh, right idea doing that. And I think it's great, though, because, you know, we had talked about it. It really creates an opportunity for all of these different writers, you know, not even just David Snyder, um, a lot of opportunity for kind of a, a level of competition between all of us, uh, you know, and you got to step your game up to, to kind of match the levels, um, you know, of everyone else is bringing to the table. And I think that's a great thing because the winner there is actually the people looking for content, you know, the players out there. So from written content, we are going to transition into the people that primarily produce video content. And these people also tend to produce some written material that supplements their video content. But for the most part, I would say that uh, they're known for their videos. And the first person we do have to talk about it goes by the name Mikey K159. Now, you may know him as co-host of Popper to the People. But aside from that, he also produces videos on his YouTube page, on Pure MTGO, and on Gatherling.com, which is a website that I previously have provided some content for when I was heavy into the Silver Black format. And hopefully, I'll be able to return to uh, providing some content for them when I get a, a little more reasonable schedule. With Mikey K159, he's actually been around for years uh, doing content for his YouTube for Pure MTGO and as I said for the podcast Popper to the People. He's a slightly controversial figure. He's known a little bit for his personality and how opinionated he is and I've actually made some public statements about Mikey K59 that you'll probably be familiar with from my recent MTGO Academy article. So I'm not going to go into my opinion of him or of things that he said recently because that will be available through other means and we really don't want to devote too much time to that on this particular show. But there will be a link in the show notes for you to be able to check out some of his content. He specializes in doing deck tech type videos and playing decks in specific events or even just in tournament practice. Now, he also, aside from Popper, does other budget formats that are associated with the player run events, hence why he is uh, working alongside Gathering.com to, pr to uh, promote some of their actual events. So he's done things like uh, Silver Black, various iterations of Popper, such as Modern Popper, etc., etc., yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much the summary of what he's bringing to the table here. Did you want to add anything else to uh, to let people know about some of Mikey K's content? I mean, yeah, he's he's been at Pure for a long time, and he actually is uh, what I would say is maybe the last legitimate Pure pauper writer there. Um, I've seen a couple of random people throw up an article here or there, but um, if you're on Pure and looking for uh, pauper content, Mikey K is definitely the way to go. Uh, I, I am not always a fan of what he's got, but he's got a lot of great stuff. 
And most of the time he does focus his popper content on specifically competitive decks, not usually casual formats. And he will go through a nice rotation of each of the, the competitive decks and the top decks out there. And he will play through them in all the games, do a little bit of talking about the deck and, you know, and then the next week he'll move on to the next one. And I think that's a, a great thing to see that kind of perspective. So moving on to a newer contributor in the popper format, uh, we have Dan Horning, who's from mtgostrat.com. So he also has this YouTube page where he devotes a lot of time to producing popper content, puts a lot of videos out there, and links to both of his sites, the MTGO Strat and the YouTube channel, will be available in the show notes. Was there any other person you wanted to talk about, or did you want to talk a little bit about anyone we've already mentioned? No, I mean, I think uh, you definitely nailed it. There really isn't a lot of people doing um, video content, and I had tried for a little while to be consistent on video content, so I can give these guys a lot of respect. I know it takes actually a lot of effort and time to be able to sit there and create, you know, video content on a regular basis. And that's kind of great, you know, for people who may not have time to sit and read. They want to just watch a video. Um, I'm definitely the person who learns better through visuals. So I think it's great that there is at least somebody doing work towards video content. You can sit there and they can talk about a card or an interaction or a deck and you can actually see it in front of you and see it as they talk about it. And I think that's great. Yeah, I will say that I actually started out in terms of de- uh, developing proper content, I started out purely doing videos on my YouTube channel. And that's really how I got started. I wanted to record my videos and share some of my thought process in terms of gameplay and how I go about you know, playing out every turn. And I also wanted to be able to analyze my own play through rewatching the videos myself. I personally am a big fan of deck techs. So I wanted to start creating these deck tech videos for decks that I liked and decks I wanted to play. So we've covered a bit of written format, video, visual format. From here, we're going to actually take about a five-minute break before we cover the the rest of the popper content that's out there. So we're going to take a break right now, but we will be right back to talk a little more about the golden age of popper content. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. to Popper's Cage, episode 23. We're covering the golden age of Popper content, and we still have Justin here with us. We just finished talking about not only the written contributions, but the primarily the visual, the video content in Popper. Next, we're actually going to talk about podcasts, which is something that you're listening to right now, in case you didn't know. Uh, this is one of the two main podcasts to deal with Popper. This is Popper's Cage. But before we even talk about this, we got to go back and talk about Popper to the People, which has been around much longer than Popper's Cage. It's actually about 105 episodes right now. And Chris Plummer is one of the original hosts and is still one of the hosts. And he's appeared on this show, Popper's Cage, and so has Maddie, who also occasionally shows up on Popper to the People as well. The thing about Popper to the People is that they are specializing in bringing the personalities of of the co-hosts and the guests to the forefront. And they like to focus on their experiences, their personal experiences with the Popper format, 
and they talk about the decks that they like to play, the cards that they enjoy, and the various ways that they're plugged in and interacting with the Popper community. They're, they're admittedly focused a little more on, on the casual aspects of Popper and really letting their personality shine through there. They like to interact with the audience. They have their own message board in which they interact with their fans and their supporters. Now, they have a lot of regular segments that occur on the show, including a sort of crack-a-pack that they do with a popper cube, and then they tend to spotlight certain decks that are showing up in the popper daily events. So they've had some rotating co-hosts based on people's schedules and various personal things that come up, but the core of it uh, has always been Chris Plummer, and as we mentioned, Mikey K is a regular co-host on the show as well. Now, before we get into talking about Popper's Cage, I'm going to turn it over to Justin to share any other thoughts you might have on Popper to the People, which has been around for a very long time. Yes, it has. Um, that's a podcast I think is, like you said, it's very personality driven. And, you know, most of the times I've listened into it, the interaction between the guys there is pretty well. So, you know, you got to definitely give some appreciation to the fact that the personalities link together so well. I, I will be honest, I am not a big fan. Um, I don't think it's for everyone. It's definitely uh, something that is, you know, you either love it or you hate it. But I will say that the you know personalities, they do link pretty well, and they all seem to get along really great. So, you know, that's always definitely beneficial. At least the, the guys that I've gotten to interact with, the ones that have been on the show, they're really good people. And they've they've been really courteous to us, and they tend to promote some of the content that I've put out there, which I really appreciate. Definitely kudos to them, the first Popper podcast to really kick down the door for a show like Popper's Cage to really to really show up. From there, we're going to talk about the other Popper podcast that exists. I mean, to my knowledge, it's just us two right now holding the fort, and it's Popper's Cage, which is what you're listening to right now. And this is a show that uh, we've been around for 23 episodes, and as a sort of juxtaposition to Popper to the People – we tend to focus a little more on strategy, deck techs, and generally more competitive topics. And originally we started out almost completely dedicated to doing deck techs. And what I mean by a deck tech is that our entire episode would be focused on bringing a veteran or a pilot, a well-known pilot of a given deck and popper and having them break down their list, the matchups, everything about it, uh, you know, all of the, the main components to finer details. Since then, we've had some hosts leave. Gabo Cheeto obviously started the show with me, and he is no longer hosting at the moment. And we also had Luva Grusbus from Sweden, who was a co-host as well, but he, he left back in episode 13. I've kind of steered the cast into a couple different directions. I've had a few episodes focus on broader topics, a little more, I guess, a little less time sensitive sometimes, uh, trying to t tackle topics that, that can be applied throughout all of Popper. But uh, we're still doing the deck tech videos. As you've seen recently, we covered Mono Blue Delver. So, I mean, that's pretty much what we're about. We're about focusing on deck analysis and some of these broad strategy topics. We've done sideboarding, mulligans. We've talked about um, also other budget formats such as Silver Black. We've talked about going rogue in Popper. We've talked about bannings. But we still have at our core that, that competitive focus and a, you know, a really strategic approach 
So I'll turn it over to you since you've been on this cast for so many times. I don't know why you keep coming back, but maybe you can you can explain it to to the listeners. Well, you know what, man, this is this podcast is kind of right up my alley. It's you know a little more focused. You know, it definitely you're talking the contrast between Pauper the People and Pauper's Cage, and like you said, Pauper's Cage tends to be more specific to competitive environment and a little more specific to decks and strategies, and that's right up my alley. To me, I think that's the kind of information that I like to put out and I like to read. So I keep coming back because I love to talk about it. You know, I always say I'm I'm more than happy to talk shop. And I'll talk your ear off if you let me have the opportunity. You know, and I think it's great that you can sit here and people who may not want to listen to a, a podcast on a regular basis can still go and say, you know, okay, I want to learn more about, say, Delver Blue. Um, and they can go and they can listen to that one and they get a lot of great insight. You know, not just card choices, but sideboarding options, like you said, and stuff like that is really great. And, you know, seeing maybe the, the eyes of your opponent as well. If I'm going into it, I want to know what I'm playing against. So if I'm having trouble beating something like Delver, then I can sit down and I can listen to that. And I can hear, okay, this is what they're thinking as the Delver player. And it helps you to kind of get into their head and see where things are going from there. But I do think um, it's really great. You've had a lot of great stuff as far as these other ones as well. Um, as important as it is to have specific podcasts on decks and deck techs, like you said, I think it's great that you occasionally break up the the situation there and you bring in some of this other stuff. And one of my favorites, I think, was the one you did with Alex, and that was one that, you know, wasn't a deck tech at all, and it was kind of just talking about the history of Popper, and I'm sure that, you know, Alex has probably got a million and one stories, and I was having a great time listening to that. You know, even when you don't, you know, stick specifically to one deck, you do branch into other things and other things. You know, when you and I talked uh, in Going Rogue in that episode, it's great because it still keeps in that competitive mind, and I think that's one of the great things about this podcast is that it, it does do that. And we sat and talked about rogue strategies and why rogues were important to the format. Um, so that's that's one of the things I really like about Popper's Cage, and that's why I keep coming back is because I love to hear about you know the competitive things, and I love the the discussion when it comes to that end. You know, that's one of the big focuses of my article is, you know, here's the the competitive analysis, and this is just giving me the opportunity to go into more detail on that. All right, so from here, from podcasts, we're going to talk about a newer form of content that has showed up in the realm of magic overall and how it affects Popper, and that is streaming. Now, streams are primarily found on Twitch.tv, and unfortunately at this point in time, there really aren't a, a high number of Popper streamers that I'm aware of. Uh, there have been few on and off, but no one that's really consistently producing content as far as I know. The two primary ones that I was able to to locate or to identify are Grant Champion, and his uh, his Twitch is Grant underscore Champion. That's also his Twitter. Now, this is a guy that also shows up on Popper to the People. He's a bit of a co-host, and due to his scheduling conflicts, he doesn't always show up on that show. And he used to be a writer and video producer for MTGO Academy, so this guy's also been around for a very long time. Now, he does a lot of deck testing in his streams where he'll he'll have a list that he's messing around with, and then he'll take it into like tournament practice or some other events, and see how it does and then kind of analyze it and, and rehash it from there. Now, the only other person we can talk about is Mikey K 159 who occasionally streams as well. I'm not exactly sure the status of his stream at the moment, but he does a similar, he has a similar approach where he's testing out a deck and playing in, you know, tournament practice room or other events. And on his stream, he also sometimes 
plays those budget formats, the player run events. So he has a little bit of variety there. Like I said, unfortunately, there's really not a whole lot of information I have on the streamers because I don't think there's really many prominent ones out there. If you guys know of any, please contact me, let me know, and I can uh, you know, start promoting them in some capacity. Streaming really is becoming really big. It's becoming a real big part of Magic content in general, and I think this is really the soft spot or the weak spot of uh, a popper content right now. We don't have a lot of representation in streams, and I think it's due to a lot of people's schedules, and it's just really hard to put together a stream. There's a lot of things you have to take into consideration. It's something I would love to do. I'm just not going to commit to it until I know I can make an absolutely awesome stream. So, Justin, did you have any thoughts on streaming that you wanted to share uh, briefly? No, I mean, I think you nailed it. There's a lot that comes into it as far as timing and whatnot, and you want to be consistent. Um, only one I would add to that, I guess, is I see, you know, occasionally grinders doing it, like um, XIMX. Um, that's his uh, screen name in MTGO. And you'll see him playing, but he's usually grinding four or five different formats at the same time, so you don't really get as much from it. Okay, yeah, thanks. That's that's actually a really good point. I forgot to mention him. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely include some links to streams you can check out there. Okay, so we've pretty much covered the primary forms of content between the written content, the video, podcasts, and streams that exist. Now we're going to talk about a, a couple general websites that exist some of the ones that provide the player-run events, and some forums and message boards that you can log on to and partake in different discussions that are going on. So I think to uh, start off, we'll just once again revisit Pure MTGO, which you've already talked about a little in depth already, so we won't we won't go too deep into it. But I just want to add that you know they're primarily providing articles from a wide range of sources, and sometimes the contributors are not releasing articles on a regular basis. Sometimes you'll get new guys coming in uh, and sort of working on their own schedule. So it's a good it's a good place to find new writers, but you're not always going to see them, you know, every two weeks or every week putting something out. That's pretty much the main thing I can add because I think you already did a really good job of uh, talking about that website. Did you want to add anything else just as a, a final comment there? No, I think we covered it. Um, you're right, though. They don't have a set schedule when anything's released. I mean, the authors submit it, and then when they get a chance or when there's an opening, they put it up. So, Right, exactly. So now let's go ahead and talk about some of the sites that are hosting player-run events and promoting those. And these include Popper, but they also talk about other formats. Um, you've got Standard Popper, Silver Black, Heirloom. The list goes on and on. They do modern events. The first one, which you talked about at the very beginning of the show, is PDC Magic. And that, I guess, is like an OG. That's one of the original sites that was uh, introducing Popper to the world. And I think right now they're primarily known for their player-run events that they have. They have a number of events that happen all throughout the week. And they also have their message board, which includes threads and discussions in Classic Popper, Standard Popper, and various other formats. So that is a, a really good source of information. You can find decks that have been performing in the player-run events. I will say that I think the level of competition in player-run events is slightly lower than what you'll find in the daily event. So some of the deck lists that actually show up, I would say they tend to not be as polished, just in my opinion, and uh, I could be wrong about that. But I still think it's a fine website to check out. 
primarily uh, I, I really do like its forums. Uh, and you also see Alex Ullman show up on the forums and participate in discussions there too. So did you have anything you wanted to mention about PDC Magic? No, they are, uh, like you said, they're the classic. Uh, I don't know if they still do, but at one point they were running like four or five player-run events a week, um, so you can't really complain about that. And yeah, the if you're looking for forums and forum discussion, definitely go to PDC Magic. Also, if you're just very new to Popper and you don't have much of a, you know, you have a budget, you don't have a lot of tickets, player-run events are free to enter. So it's a good way to raise your ticket count. You can You can start out with, you know, a simple cheap deck and build your way up from there. You can go, you know, from rags to riches, as they say. Another website that I've promoted not only on YouTube, but also on this podcast is gatherling.com. And they also host a number of player run events and they're going to be the one that you want to go to. If you want to participate in things like modern silver, black standard, silver, black, Classic Heirloom, Standard Heirloom, and then they have a number of variants of Popper and Modern as well, in addition to even more stuff that I haven't even really delved into in terms of you know my interests. But uh, that's a good website. They're mostly going to be there for the player-run events. You can look up the various deck lists that have shown up in their events, and you can also you know see some of the content that people have produced in terms of you know videos gameplays uh, you can see some of my material there the events that i participated in so that's a site i actually i really like and i think more people should check that out and participate because they have a lot of cool formats that they're actually trying to to promote there and from here we can go ahead and move on to some of the the prominent message boards the forums if you're looking to to start a discussion or join in a discussion, you want to ask some questions to the public about maybe a deck or where to get started with Popper, there's a couple places you can go. We did mention PDC Magic. Those forums are a good resource. And also, MTG Salvation is a good source of message board discussion for the Popper format. I think this website has a bit of a stigma attached to it in terms of, you know, trolls or some unfriendly people responding to messages or comments and threads, but I really don't see that in the popper threads at all. I think it's a pretty healthy place for popper discussion and it's pretty active as well. It might be one of the most active popper forums that exist. I tend to visit this on and off. I, I'm not as active with that forum, but you know, every once in a while, I will post in a thread or something like that. And let's see, we've got two more forums to talk about. There's the Popper to the People forums. So they actually have a message board that goes hand in hand with their podcast, and that can be found at poppertothepeople.proboards.com. We'll have a link to all of these message boards in the show notes for you to check out. And that one lets you interact a little bit more closely with the hosts of their show. And they also talk about, you know, what episodes are coming out. They do focus on particular decks in various threads for you to look at. And they have a division between competitive topics and casual topics. And then lastly, there's a website that's not a message board, but it's more of a general popper news outlet or resource. And this is called Popper Revolution. 
And this is actually a Facebook page, which is kind of interesting, where they they post uh, you know little links and highlights of things that are going on, including streams, articles, and a number of other things. I believe this is based out of Poland, which is actually pretty cool because they've they've been really nice and really accommodating. They've promoted some of my material as well, which I think is is pretty awesome. So you can log on to Facebook and check them out. There will be a link in the show notes. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Did you want to talk about, you know, maybe salvation in particular or any of these resources uh, in terms of what they bring to the table or maybe some other ones that you wanted to mention? Sure. I mean, I, I don't really go around to a lot of these very often. Um, I did post on MTG Salvation quite a bit. The pauper section, like you said, is definitely a great place. There's not a lot of, you know, trolls or anything like that. I personally, though, felt it was starting to get really quiet around there. I haven't been back in a while because I, you know, for a long period there, there was just not a lot of people participating. Um, but there is a lot of great stuff. They have a separate section for competitive primers. And, you know, we were talking about in articles and stuff where you get the opportunity to go into detail over to cart choices and whatnot. And so the primers that go up there are, you know, approved by the moderators and, you know, they're usually pretty good quality. And so you can see a lot of great things and, and join in discussions. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of forums and just discussion in general between people. That's how you share ideas. So it's definitely a great thing to check out. Uh, the only other thing I would add, I guess, is that you can also find um, some PRE information on the, you know, um, mothership over at their forums. Yeah, that's a great point. I forgot to mention that they do have a community section where more detailed information about player-run events can be found and updates to the various events as they're happening will be posted in those forums. So thank you for mentioning that. I did forget about it. I mean, it's not, I will be, admit it's not a lot of the pauper ones because a lot of the pauper ones will go up on, like you said, PDC Magic or Gathering, and that's usually the better place to find them. But you do on occasion still find postings and information about those events on the uh, Mothership site. All right. Well, that I think covers the primary resources that you can actually find if you're looking for popper content. There's obviously a number of things we probably have missed here. And so I apologize to anybody. Uh, don't take it personally or don't take offense to the fact that we may have overlooked you. It was not intentional. I do want to take this time out to talk about just uh, what our favorite aspects of popper content are right now. And I would like to just start by saying that uh, just reiterating the fact that I, I really am in awe of the abundance of content that is out there and the the high level of quality that we're seeing here. You're getting tons of information relevant to the format, a lot of metagame information, and I don't think you have to really look that hard to find some good stuff. And that is probably my favorite thing about popper content right now is how accessible it is and uh, it's it's right there on the front pages of some bigger websites even sites like star city games and channel fireball have popper content available they don't make that a priority one of their you know preferred formats to talk about but it is there so i think what is great is that there is an acknowledgement of the relevance of this format so I'll go ahead and turn it over to you, and you can let me know, you know, your favorite things about the content right now, and some things that could be improved. All right. Well, I'd say my uh, favorite thing about the pauper content now is just the choice. Um, you know, there's that something for everything. You know, if you 
preferred to watch videos or listen to audio, you have a lot of options as far as, you know, who you can watch if you go to YouTube. You have options if you want to get a podcast. If you, you know, would rather read it on your phone on your train ride to work or something like that, there's a lot of great options for written content. You get a combination of the two. And, I mean, if you focus on written content, you've got any number of people we talked about already um, who provide that content. If I had to pick something that I don't like about Hopper content, I guess maybe it's more of a pet peeve than anything else. I, I'm not a fan of the quote-unquote articles that you find on sites, you know, and you'll go there and it's just four videos and there's no words, there's no nothing. You click on a link, you go to the quote-unquote article and it's four video links. And to me, that's that's not what I want to see. Like, I, I feel like sometimes it's not enough effort. I would love to get a little bit more than just watching a video. You know, the video is great, but I like when people go more in depth. And so I feel like sometimes, I don't want to say that people are making, you know, taking an easy way out, but I, I really feel that sometimes you occasionally get an author. And I know I'm, I've been guilty of this once or twice. I had an article that I, you know, wrote and I threw out there and it was rushed and I was not putting myself into it. And then the next week, you know, I got called out on it. And so next week I just basically had to apologize for poor content. Um, so that's the one of the, the least favorite things I have is that, you know, occasionally there are so many people trying to get into it and they just want to get their name out there and just want to throw something out there. And that's great. And I appreciate the effort. But, you know, I, I want to see something that has some quality behind it, some some effort at the very least that looks like you tried, you thought about it, you know, and you put some serious effort into this. So we've got two more orders of business here to cover. Before we get out of here, the first order of business we're going to start is just to begin to talk about how to elevate content, how to raise the bar, how to improve the quality. And, you know, where do we really go from here? We're calling this the golden age of popper content. Well, what is the next age going to look like? We can't just always continue to get better unless we have a sort of vision for it. And it's this is a really hard thing to talk about because the content has never been this good. And we're all, you know, at the level we're at. We're not pro players. We're, we're basically contributors and writers and we're as much fans as our supporters are to a large degree. I will say a few things about where I think we can go with popper content from here. The main thing is, is really borrowing and examining what's going on with content that covers the other formats and figuring out how we can sort of transmute it to popper. And I've done that with the arena series that I've just started on MTGO Academy. I took the basic model that you see in, on Channel Fireball, you see it on Star City Games, where they do these one-on-one head-to-head matchups. And they play them out, they talk about the sideboarding, they talk about you know how the games are going to play out. And I've just basically converted that into a written plus video format uh, on MTGO Academy. I'm trying to be as thorough as possible with that. But, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm basically just porting something over to Popper and, you know, slightly modifying it. So that's the first thing. We can start looking at the highest level content that exists on the other websites and figuring out how we can match that or how we can emulate that or be inspired by that for our Popper content. Now, the other thing we can start doing is uh, taking a page out of the Popper to the People book and trying to infuse even more personality, infuse more of our own unique identities into the content we bring. And there, some of the ideas I have for that is that 
you know, we see someone like Spruik, who is actually a musician and, you know, produces a lot of music and albums. And he's found ways to incorporate that into magic by, uh, you know, starting his group, The Gathering, where he releases, you know, rap songs that are influenced by Magic The Gathering. And he's released albums with people like Patrick Chapin. And we also have a, you know, a personality like Ruben Bressler, who comes from a stand-up comedy background, and he's found very unique ways to incorporate that into the content he produces with these mock news shows and these, not mock interviews, but these interviews that have a comedic tinge to them. And I myself have a background in music and film, so there's a number of things I can you know start experimenting with to incorporate into the forms of content I put out there. Between all of us, all the people we've mentioned and you know people who have yet to begun producing content, there's a number of various experiences and unique personalities to draw from. That's definitely a route that I can see people going in the future. So, you know, that's pretty much what I wanted to say about elevating the content. I think the content is pretty high right now, but we shouldn't get lazy also, I guess, is another important thing. So what I would like to know is if you have any ideas or you have, uh, you know, any thoughts about if popular content should be elevated, how it should be elevated, or maybe you can talk a little bit more, uh, even if you want to, about you know the work ethic that you've actually shown. You did talk about it a lot, so I'd under- I'll, I understand if uh, you don't want to you know, kind of retread over that, but uh, just your general thoughts on elevating popper content right now. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, things go with me, you know, it's it's spending time and it's mostly hours and tracking numbers. And that's what it comes down to. And I think, you know, again, me specific, I I would love for it to expand. You know, I would love to have the information back from Wizards about the daily events that we don't see. I think that's great. You know, all that information gave us just a better look. And I think, you know, people who are willing to take the time and put the effort into articles, I think that's really how things can continue to improve. And I really, I don't think I can say it better than you did. I think you nailed it. I mean, people need to not get lazy on things and and be willing to kind of take different routes and start doing different things. And, you know, maybe it doesn't work out, but that's how things change and how things get better. I think that's a a fantastic idea. I mean, I know, I believe it's gatheringmagic.com is the site, and there's occasionally an article there that does um, what they call infographics, which is like, you know, pictures and numbers all together, and that's fantastic to me. I think those are fantastic, and I would love to find a way to, you know, maybe incorporate some of those ideas into maybe just formatting-wise improving articles. We are at a really great point where there are so many options for content, and what is out there is really great. And I think it can only get better from here. I think, you know, if people are willing to try a little bit harder to bring in new ideas, it could balance things out. And, you know, I, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier as well, where you have someone doing something similar to you. You're kind of in this competitive state where, you know, you're both working to the same goal and that's fantastic. But there's still this underlying current of I want to do this a little bit better so people come to my articles. And I think every once in a while, a little bit of healthy competition is just, you know, really beneficial. So I just wanted to note a couple things. There are a few gaps right now in popper content that I think could be filled, such as streaming. We mentioned there's not a lot of popper streams going on, and I think that would be a really great addition to the realm of popper content. And uh, perhaps some more outlets for discussion. There's a lot of you know, Twitter discussions that tend to pop off, but they don't really go too in depth because 
of the at least this is my theory the uh character limit yeah, the character limit on Twitter that you actually have so you can't you know type these long essays or whatever <laughs> you can't go into these detailed paragraphs expressing how you feel about something which is you know it's a blessing and a curse I think and just finding the right avenues from which to to allow for discussion so you know, those are some things that could be filled in I think mostly the biggest gap right now is probably streaming and I would like to see that be improved upon. With that being said, I think that's actually going to close up our main topic here on the golden age of popper content. Did you want to mention any last uh, words about popper content? No, I think you covered it. Um, it, real quick, if I can, I mean, you're talking Twitter, and I think that's that's a fantastic point. I didn't even consider. Uh, that's a really great place. You've seen a lot of discussion back and forth, you know, with you and I and even Alex. Um, and other players in the format and other, you know, writers. And I think it's a great opportunity. The character limit does suck. But if you're not on Twitter, maybe I suggest signing up and giving it a shot um, just for these occasional discussions. I think it is great that it is shorter. If you don't, you know, ramble on, you can get to the point a little bit quicker. Uh, you do miss some stuff, but I think it's it's great to have that interaction in the first place. Yes, I highly recommend following us on Twitter. If you are a fan of our content, I promote every piece of uh, popper content that I do on Twitter, and I also try and start various discussions or you know open people's eyes to to things going on. So Twitter is a huge thing for me, and it's a way to for us to promote ourselves, but also a way for us to interact with all of our supporters and hear what you guys want to want to see. Interestingly enough, we actually have a request on Twitter. For this very episode, you know, I posted an update of us recording and we received a request from uh, someone who follows me on Twitter and supports a lot of the content. And that's his uh, his Twitter ID is at Hooligurn, H-O-O-L-I-G-U-R-N. So a big shout out to you and thank you for your recommendation. He actually wants us to have a discussion on whether or not we think the card Temporal Fisher is actually healthy for the format. Now, before we jump into this, I want to definitely keep this discussion brief because we're actually going to be having this as our main topic in the next episode. So we're going to go much more in-depth with this. And for now, we're just going to talk about essentially our opinions on whether or not this is going to be healthy for the format. So since we have you on here and you are kind of a statistical guy maybe not maybe without going into the specific statistics of it can you just uh, share your opinion on whether or not you think that temporal fisher is healthy right now in the metagame yeah i mean i guess uh again keeping it brief here i will just say that um this past week fisher has been the number one um deck as far as most showings uh, and i don't think anyone who is consistently looking at that would be surprised um, and it has actually taken a decent amount of the, the four no's as well. And I'm going to have to take a bit of a cop out here and say that on the question, is it healthy? Well, yes and no. I think that it's current state. It's not healthy what it is now um, because there isn't a lot out there that can target it down. But in general, I think it can be healthy to have such, you know, a, an actual combo deck that matters. You know, having something like Wee Fiends, which is the, the deck that uses small spells alongside Wee Dragonauts and Kiln Fiends for fast wins, you know, something like that. It's an underpowered combo deck. So I think it's healthy to have combo and, you know, even fissure at some specific level. But I think as it sits now with no real predators, it's something that's out of hand. 
Okay, yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. My opinion is slightly different, but right around the ballpark with you. I feel like this uh, deck has kind of replaced the position that the original Storm decks had. I guess they're not the original Storm decks, but the alternate Storm decks, the Empty the Warren's Grapeshot decks that are now pushing up daisies as we speak. So I think, you know, it has been pretty prevalent in the format, but there were periods of time where those Storm decks were also very prevalent in the format, and you would look at a daily event result, and it would be littered with these kind of decks. I don't think that right now that Temporal Fisher is like deserving of a ban or anything like that, even though some people have already made that claim. As you said, I definitely agree that Combo does need to have some sort of real estate in the metagame, and it really helps create a sort of balance because with combo, you know, as a relevant factor, it creates new decks that you have to respect. And so you can't devote, you know, your deck to just wiping out one or two archetypes. You have to consider all of the, the, the various variables that exist. What I think is unhealthy right now is um, I'm just not seeing a lot of people specifically trying to cut this deck's head off, in my opinion. Like, I don't see enough discussion geared towards that. I don't see enough uh, decks that are, are really targeting this. Like you said, Predator decks. There are some, you know, from my perspective, I'm a little inexperienced to know, like, exactly what its matchups are like. So I don't want to presume or I don't want to volunteer any information that might actually be false. You know, I definitely agree that we should keep our eye on these decks because there have been a few daily events where they have almost been too represented, too highly represented, perhaps. And if this continues to be a trend, then we might have a problem. So, you know, the card itself, while it's not necessarily the the most fun card that's ever been printed, and the whole storm mechanic tends to uh, feel unfair sometimes for people that are on the receiving end of it. I don't really see a ban being necessary. It's no, not I can that, agree with you on that. Yeah, I don't think that's necessary at all. Right, yeah. I don't think it's that unhealthy, but I think there maybe are some, if not red flags, there's some yellow flags uh, showing up. There's some slight warning signs that we should keep an eye on, and people need to start trying to beat this deck down. But uh, that's pretty much my brief thoughts in, in terms of just my opinion. What we're going to do for probably the very next episode is we're going to come with some raw data. We're going to bring you guys facts, statistical information. We're going to break down all the different variants of this deck, and we're going to show you guys how you can attack it so that we're not just here talking about, I guess, an uninformed place. We're going to be very much informed and make sure that we're bringing you guys some really interesting and juicy nuggets for you to snack on. Uh, But for now, I definitely want to once again thank Hooligern for requesting this topic, and hopefully we answered your question. I guess that's going to wrap up the episode here. We can go ahead and move into shout-outs and contact information if that's cool with you. Yep, that works. All right, so I want to give a huge shout-out to you, Justin, for being very adaptable to the situations that have shown up while we were recording. And Not also, a problem. Yeah, once again, thank you. And also just um, for bringing a lot of really great information here today. Now, I'd love to shout out, you know, all the other contributors, all the popper contributors that are out there right now who have not only made this cast possible by, you know, bringing information that we can utilize, but just helping to enrich the popper format in general and, and making the community more vibrant. 
So a shout out to all you guys, all the supporters of this show, all the supporters of my content. Thank you for all the comments. If you're not on Twitter, you got to get on Twitter and uh, and join join up there because we're really trying to get popper representation to to rise there. And I think it's at a good place, but it could definitely be better. If you want to contact me, there's a number of ways you can contact me. First of all, you can follow me on Twitter at DimeCollectorSC. You can also subscribe to my YouTube page, DimeCollectorSC. If you want to contact the show, you can email us at popperscage at gmail.com. You can also check out our blog. That's popperscage.blogspot.ca. If you want to check out my other content, you can go to mtgoacademy.com. Check out the series Dime a Dozen. Look for Jason Moore, and that will be my articles. We just hit article number 20, so it's a nice milestone there. I also want to mention that Popper's Cage is officially a year old as of this month. So that's a, a very exciting milestone in this podcast. And I want to thank everybody, Gabuchito, Grussbus, and all of the previous guests that we've had for making that possible. Um, you can find me on blackborder.com. That series is called Common Ground. Once again, look for Jason Moore. That And those come out every two weeks. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Oh, on MTGO, you can uh, find me. I'm Bamboo Rush, and you can join my clan, Popper Gnomes. I'd love to have you on board. And, yeah, I think that's it. But um, if I'm missing anything, check the show notes just to double check. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Justin to give his shout-outs and tell everybody how to contact him. All right. Well, I guess uh, I will start with a congrats to both you and Popper's Cage. Um, hitting some big milestones here, and that's pretty awesome. Um, and if you're looking, if I can just shout out my content a little bit, um, my article that's out now uh, at the time of recording this is on Mono Black Control, MTGO Academy. You'll find it there. I'm not sure what we're getting into next week, probably something a little more casual, uh, but I do want to just make a note that we are looking at uh, another article coming up soon. I like to call a month in review. Um, and that's going to be an article that'll be specifically looking at a quote unquote, unquote month of time, uh, and specifically on the metagame and lots of numbers for uh, those people like me who love that. If you're trying to find me, also uh, Twitter is definitely a fantastic way to do so. Um, you'll find me at MTGO Just Sin, and that's a great place to get you know content discussion. Um, if you're looking for something a little bit more than 140 characters. Um, you can catch me at uh, mtgojustin at yahoo.com. I do offer deck suggestions and whatnot there as well. Um, so those are the best places to find me. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show for our first year. Please continue to support us. And please continue to support Popper content all across the board. We will see you guys next time for episode 24 of Popper's Cage. Take care.